Gamecock Nation. Welcome to the Cocky on Saturday podcast. I'm your host, James Beal, class of 2018, former student manager, and there's nothing I love more than talking some Gamecock football. Let's go. Welcome back in to another episode of the Cocky on Saturday podcast. Tomorrow, the Gamecocks go to College Station to take on the Texas A&M Aggies. A&M rolls into this matchup 4-3 and three on the season, 2-2 two and two in their last four games here. Gamecocks roll in, unfortunately, at 2-5 and five and only one win in SEC play. I'll be honest, guys, there's no reason we should be winning this football game. The way we've been looking, the product we've been putting out on the field, it would be an embarrassment. That's maybe an understatement, but an embarrassment for Texas A&M to drop this one at home. South Carolina is just not there. I, I know we beat them last season, but the product we're putting out on the field right now should not win football games, not on the road in an SEC environment. A&M just played Alabama in a six-point game, lost to Tennessee by seven. They're playing a lot of teams close. And at the end of the day, it does come down to wins. So I know their fan base isn't happy just to be playing close. But they can hang in there with some of those best teams. Before I jump too much into this A&M preview, I, there's a couple pieces of news since I was last with y'all earlier this week. Xavier McLeod, the defensive tackle, true freshman, former Mr. Football South Carolina, was dismissed from the program. Beamer was pretty blunt with that, had a conversation, decided to dismiss him. And there's a lot of speculation out there, but there's some pretty trusted resources that I've heard this from. And obviously, I know I don't have all the facts, but at the end of the day, what we do know is that Xavier McLeod wanted to redshirt. The Gamecocks, as you guys are well aware, have a number of injuries this season. So McLeod has already played in four football games. He was on the roster to travel to Texas A&M. If he traveled, he would not have the ability to redshirt. And then where I guess a little bit of a question mark is, was he looking to redshirt to potentially transfer? Was he looking to redshirt to come back into the program next year? His father said he was sick of losing. At the end of the day, one way or the other, he wanted to redshirt when the coaches needed him on the football field. That's not the type of guy you want in your program. You want a guy willing to put everything on the line. People try to knock Beamer all the time for not playing freshman enough. Well, when there is an opportunity to put that type of guy on the football field, he wants them out there. I mean, any of you that played organized sports growing up, your coach said, hey, get in the game. You can tell him no. I mean, that's ridiculous to me. I know there's other things at hand in there, but that alone, that's just not the right type of guy for the program. Anybody that's thinking this is start to a domino effect is just wrong. That's not the case here. I mean, he probably will transfer, but it's not because of lack of faith in the program. It's not like Beamer has lost control of the locker room. This is a one-off case. They handled it as well as they could have, and we're going to move forward. If he doesn't want to be here, we don't need him. 
Also, on a little bit of a lighter note, those of you that are on X or Twitter, Tennessee has been going nuts. Obviously, the Michigan news with filming practices, that came out over the past week or so here. Well, then it did come out that they filmed Tennessee and Clemson as well. Somebody somewhere put out the conspiracy theory that they started sending that to South Carolina. That's how we ended up being Tennessee. I'll nip this one right in the butt. Even if we know your offensive signals, how is your defense going to let up 63 points? <laughs> it's unacceptable. I mean, I think most Tennessee fans realize that that's not a real possibility, but of course you have your probably 5 to 10% think that this is real and they're running with it. It is what it is. You know what? We shattered their college football playoff hopes. They're still trying to scrounge at any opportunity to make sense of it. You know what? We were better that day. In November of last year, South Carolina manhandled Tennessee, and we shattered their playoff hopes. Anyways, moving on to this A&M preview. Like I said, no reason we should be winning this game. But if we do, I think this is Jimbo Fisher's last football game. Obviously, Jimbo has not had the success that they were hoping. Through 67 games, he has a very similar record to former head coach Kevin Sumlin. I wrote about this on Key Sports Network earlier this week. If they lose to a one-win SEC team at home, how do you keep a coach like that? I know the buyout is extraordinary. It's a huge amount, but that would be an embarrassment. I don't think there's any fan that would still want to rock with Jimbo. Because that also puts them on track to potentially missing a bowl game. You miss a bowl game and you lose to this South Carolina team, you have to be out of a job. Anyways, that's for A&M fans to sort of quarrel over. Again, not expecting to win this game, but you know if we do, just kind of take a look at them. Max Johnson is their current quarterback. He took over midseason for Connor Wegman when he went down with an injury. Since Max has taken over the starting duties there, he's 2-2. Two and two. Wins over Arkansas and Auburn. Lost to Bama and Tennessee. Like I said earlier, they played Bama and Tennessee very close. But the one flaw I did see, you know, Max Johnson does not do a great job at protecting the football. Had to combine three picks in those games. So definitely an opportunity for our defense to get some opportunistic turnovers. We know they're not going to be able to limit the yardage. But if we could force a couple turnovers, Ben don't break essentially. That's where we could find some success. Anaya Smith is a name that scares me a lot going into this one. He's probably their top wide receiver, but also their best kick returner. Pete Lembo talked about in his press conference on Wednesday about how he's a special teams coordinator's worst nightmare. When he has the ball in his hands, special things happen, so we have to make sure we're containing him. And then for A&M, their secondary, at least on the defensive side of the ball, is probably their biggest weak point. Bama just put up a ton of yards on them. Obviously, Milrow, the quarterback for Bama, has not been great this year. But he connected with his wide receiver, Burton, for nine catches and 197 yards on the day. I think that could be a huge opportunity for Spencer. The problem is, and there's always a problem at this point, we're two and five. You're going to be able to find problems all over the place. But even though that's an opportunity to maybe pick up some yards against their secondary, Likely, we have no Leggett or Juice Wells going into this one. So who is Spencer throwing it to? Omega Blake needs to step up. Nick Harbour needs to step up. Trey Knox, Joshua Simon. 
I'd actually say I'd love to see us go a little bit more to tight end looks. We heard a lot of that in the preseason, that Joshua Simon was the real deal. I want to see him more on the field. Work the middle of the field. Make them keep their linebackers in to cover those guys. Bring the safeties down into the box. And then that's going to open up one-on-one coverage on the outside. We've seen it. Pretty small sample size so far. But if we get Nick Harbour one-on-one, Spencer's not afraid to throw him the ball. He's bigger and stronger than any defensive back that you are going to put on him. How do you open that up? Use the tight ends in the middle of the field. And then getting into the keys of the game, and we touch on these a little bit, but just to put them a little bit more set in stone. Number one, two turnovers. I think that's a big recipe for success. We talked about Max Johnson is susceptible to throwing an interception. And a turnover may be a special teams play. It may be a fumble. But I think our defensive backs are going to have an opportunity to watch the quarterback's eyes and be able to jump a pass. They need to be ready for that. We have talent. They're not great man-to-man. But if we can get them to a point where you know Nick E's playing a zone or Marcel's dial is underneath a guy, that's how you are going to potentially lock onto the quarterback and figure out where he's going with the football. Number two, you have to win the return game. Lembo talked about this in the press conference. Sort of a stinging point. We've all seen it. We have not had a Xavier Leggett type return that we saw last year against Texas A&M. It'd be great to start this one with that because <laughs> that was a huge boost to our defense's confidence to start that football game. So I'd like to see our return game get back on track, but we also need to stop Anias Smith. He's a great, great returner. Our return man needs to beat Anias. Leggett's not going to be out there, so it's probably going to be Juju or DK Joyner. Let's set up the blocks correctly, get our guys, and put those guys in space so they can make a man miss and watch out for six. Key number three. We've said it the last two games. 17 plus carriers for Mario. He is your bell cow back. Lean on that. It's going to make everybody's day a whole lot easier. Also keeps the defense off the field for longer. Allows them to regain their breath. That is so huge. As bad as the defense has been, when you don't have a chance to recover yourself, it's just going to be that much worse. So pick up methodical drives, run the football, keep the offense on the field. That starts with making sure Mario is heavily involved in the offensive game plan. Again, this is not a game I'm expecting to win. Not a game anybody's giving us a chance. Kickoff's at noon tomorrow. Enjoy the time at home, you know, watch on the TV, be able to take it in a little bit more. But if the Gamecocks find a way to get a win here, that splits the road series. We talked about that. And then all you need to do from there is split Kentucky and Clemson and you're in a bowl game. The path is still alive. Let's get a big upset. That's what it is. We're a big underdog. But with Spencer Rattler at the helm, I have full faith in Beamer. I think there's a way we squeak this one out. We have a ton of injuries. Again, there's no reason we should win this football game, but there's no reason we should have beat Tennessee last year. I'm always going to have faith in this Gamecock team. They're resilient. They show a lot of strength in these moments. Ultimately, best of luck to these Gamecocks. We'll see how we're feeling about that tomorrow night, and we'll go from there. But at 12 o'clock tomorrow, let's go, Cox. It is time. Game day's back. And I'll be back with y'all on Tuesday. Until then, go Cox.